God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. 50% of the time, it's a, actually 90, I'll go 90% of the time. It's a challenge for me to figure out how to start one of these messages for you. How do I begin? What do I say? I was taught by some really smart people to begin with a hook. You know, something to get your attention and draw you in. But uh, today, I don't have one of those. Sorry. As I was trying to figure out how to start this message, I just got the idea, since we're getting close to Christmas, to check some websites on the internet and see what kind of Christmas sentiments there are out there. And if some random organizations out there have a public Christmas salutation. Geico has nothing on its website about Christmas. But that's understandable. They're an insurance company in the business of making money and they've got more important things to think about right now than handing out or issuing holiday cheer. ExxonMobil has nothing about Christmas on their website. But again, that's understandable. They're a global company and who does business with many people who don't recognize Christmas. Neither does Humana Healthcare, which I thought was interesting since it's an American company and it aims, even though it aims to make money, it also extends life and health, but no Christmas sentiments. Neither does Planned Parenthood. No surprise there, though. Its founder, Margaret Sanger, hated the church, hated religion, hated marriage, hated traditional family, hated men, but at least she cared about women's health. No Christmas salutations from Planned Parenthood. The Church of Scientology has no Christmas greetings on their website either, even though if you dig deep enough into their PR material, you'll find that their spiritual leader, L. Ron Hubbard, said that Christmas is a good thing, traditional thing for families. Well, no kidding, right? And yes, I'm still distracted by Scientology. But the good thing about that is it's helped me take a look at our own church. I mean, both our churches promise good things people are looking for. For example, Scientology's official statement of belief is this. Scientology is a religion in its highest meaning as it helps bring man to total freedom and truth. The essential tenets of Scientology are these. You are an immortal spiritual being. Your experience extends well beyond a single lifetime. And your capabilities are unlimited, even if not presently realized. Furthermore, man is basically good. He is seeking to survive. And his survival depends on himself and his fellows as his and his attainment of brotherhood within the universe. Well, some of that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, you got words in there like brotherhood, and freedom, and truth, and unlimited capabilities. Don't we all want that? Well, we can't agree on much with Scientology, but they do seem to get one thing partly right, And that is man is an immortal spiritual being. We Christians believe that people live forever, either in heaven or hell, 
and that we are spiritual beings in so much as we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us and we trust in supernatural things that you can't always see or you can't always explain them. So that's my start to this message and I know you're thinking, well, great, that took five minutes. How long is the rest of this going to take? Well, it's not going to take that long to tell you what you already know. And that is, in Christ we receive many gifts. Hope, peace, love, and life. Which, if you haven't noticed already, isn't one of the things hanging on the Advent wreath. And that's sort of to the point I tried to make at the beginning. And that is, we don't often consider Christmas to be about life. Life is not a a Christmas sentiment we're used to seeing or used to hearing, like peace, hope, joy, and love. Life in Jesus, though, brings all those things together and makes life worth living. Life is hardly a Christmas sentiment or salutation you'll find on any website that actually has one, so my purpose today, my hope for all of us, is that Today we learn to appreciate our life a little more as a gift from God, you know? Rather than just something that is what it is. And that we appreciate Jesus' life. His life, born into this world as one of us. A little bit more. We all know life on earth didn't start with Jesus' birth. Many millions, maybe even billions were born and lived before Jesus was born, but Jesus existed before the first humans were created. John in our gospel reading bears that out when he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. People ask what that means. Was Jesus a physical being or or a spirit before he became flesh? And when John says the word, what does he mean? The Bible? Does Jesus somehow embody the words in Scripture? Well, he does fulfill the Scriptures. I mean, he takes everything that is spoken in them, everything that is promised, everything that happened, and he brings that all into himself if that makes any sense. The Word is actually the Son of God. It's it's Jesus. God and man united. Does that make any more sense? (laughs) Maybe not. Augustine said, we are speaking of God. What marvel if you do not comprehend? For if you comprehend, He is not God. To teach God in any measure by the mind is a great blessedness, but to comprehend Him is altogether impossible. Well, that much I think we, we can all agree on, but if we keep reading on, see, John says this, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light and life. Now, that's a wonderful Christmas sentiment we can all grasp onto and carry through this season. Light and life. High-level executives who have left the Church of Scientology hope for the day 
when the current leader, David Miscavige, is no longer able to convince those within the church that it's growing and becoming more successful, which it isn't, by the way. People who have left the church are seeing holes open up in the black box surrounding Scientology and hope that the light will increasingly enter into the darkness and the truth will be revealed. When that happens, the hope is that Miss Cavage will lose control and the whole organization will crumble from within. The sad thing is that many of these people who were high up in the church of Scientology and left it still believe in it. They believe the original teachings and practices of the church have been ruined by miscavige. I wonder how many Christians who leave the Christian church still believe in Jesus. It's hard to say. I mean, our own sin still works against the Spirit in us and works to get us away from God and out of the church. You've probably heard people or know people who, have, who believe you don't need a, a church to believe in Jesus, right? Just believe and you're saved. Just believe and you're a Christian. Well, never mind the fact that Jesus established the church and gives it its power and authority to, to proclaim the truth. Never mind the fact that Jesus bring his gifts of baptism and the Lord's Supper and his spoken word through the church. Never mind that the church holds the keys of the kingdom of God. That's not to say we exclude people or deal heavy-handedly with them like Scientology and other cults, but rather God has given his church the freedom and the tools to bring as many people who will listen and believe as possible into knowing Jesus as Lord and receiving life in his name. I don't think any of us could imagine an ex-Scientologist reading our epistle verse from Romans and find, finding Christianity an attractive alternative to their religion. Especially when you hear, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the fruit you get leads to sanctific sanctification and its end, eternal life. I don't think a person who was a slave to David Miscavige and his abuses is going to want to become another slave to an unseen God, do you? Nevertheless, we're going to pray for Scientologists, Scientology and Scientologists that they would eventually come to know the truth. But you and I know that being a slave to God isn't the same as the historical American slavery or a slavery under a dictator. It's the kind of freedom where you are totally devoted to God because He has set you free. A good kind of slavery. <laughs> because the alternative, is, the alternative is the bad kind. Slavery to sin, which none of us want, but our flesh desires so much to be. Look, I know I've been all over the place with this, but I'll end finally with Paul in verse 23 of Romans. This, in fact, is the perfect mini-sermon. Law and gospel in one sentence, in six seconds. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on the manger.
Wait for the baby born in Bethlehem. He is the free gift of God for you. On the cross, He paid those wages of sin for you. On your behalf, you've already received the gift of eternal life through Him. Many, many gifts He's given you. But life is the greatest. Without, without it, the other gifts wouldn't apply. So may it be so for you. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.